Cobbacy families, and welcome to the Cobbacy Evening Fireside Podcast. The Warriors and the Rovers are definitely not in their beds. They are at casino night. But the sun has gone down over the bunks, and it's time for you to find out what happened today. Each morning before the boys sleepily shuffle off to morning flags, blue sheets are put on each wooden breakfast table. They are the color of a main summer sky, and each boy and each counselor pours over those blue sheets to see what will happen today. And this is your blue sheet report about what did happen today. Just in case you were wondering, it couldn't have been a better final day of color war weather delivery. It was 73. It was cloudy. It was athletic weather. It was just exactly what you want. If the weather was an outfit, it would have been loose-fitting athletic clothing. It was so perfect for what we needed to do. And it was great, and that's good because a whole lot happened today. Wait till you hear about it. Today was day five of Color War, day five, and there were schedule changes almost from the get. Reveille was at 8.15 a.m. At 8.55, everybody came up for silent breakfast, and then there was the, the next thing that happened after breakfast was we had a makeup round, makeup round, and that was... Climbing, archery, and darts for group three. One single tennis match that didn't get finished for weather reasons for group four. Staff volleyball, which had been bumped also. And then a group eight softball game that had stopped because it played into the dark and we had to stop on the last inning because it was unsafe to play because it was dark. So there's a bunch of like, not just even rounds that hadn't happened. There were events that just got stopped before they were concluded that we had to do. So we put that, all that stuff followed the songs, Kitten Shears. This is going to sound a little complicated, but in order to get all the rounds and all the completion of all the events done, we actually moved songs, Kitten Shear up in the day and we did it first. And I just said song, skit, and cheer, but actually it was song and skit because we had moved the cheer to a previous and earlier time. You actually heard those cheers on this podcast. So the way it works is everybody gets down, you'll see these pictures, everybody gets down in the campfire bowl. And from the judge's perspective on the stage, you've got blue on the right-hand side and gray on the left-hand side. And it's the entire team. And there's like maybe a fringe of red team around the edges. We have just enough room in that fireball for every single human at Camp Cravacy. It's pretty great. Nice and packed in, which was by design. So, we get in there, and the songs and the skit competition is great. There were so many funny moments. So many funny moments. 
Russ Reeder made a pretty great cow, who said moo a lot. The the skit that it, everybody had to deliver was the famous Jack and the Beanstalk. And Blair, for the blue team, was a very good Jack and the Beanstalk's mom. And Daniel Astrakoff was literally an Englishman. And so when the giant, who was played by Jordan Hayden, showed up and said, fee fi fo fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman, well, it was descriptive as opposed to allegorical. And so that was great. The blue team kind of ran away with the skit. The gray skit was good. Blue skit was on fire. So that happened. And then there's the songs. And we're going to get to those in a second. But they were awesome. And this, there's a couple different categories. There's the Kavasi alma mater. There's the original fight song. And then there's the team alma mater or original alma mater. And both the fight song and the alma mater are completely created by the teams. And you're going to hear them right now.
scores were read and it was effectively just a little bit more than a tie and that the balance of the score went to blue even though all of the songs were great so i think the score there was 32 points for gray and 43 for blue out of the total uh, you know total points on the board for songs getting share so blue makes a slight step forward and then we get into that round i was talking about and this is the beginning of a very improbable run because at the end of Songs Get and Cheer, 
Gray's in the driver's seat. In fact, they were in the driver's seat this morning. Comfortable lead, something like 80 points this morning. It was theirs to lose, and what happened was something completely different. Here we go. So, climbing. Gray wins it. Five more points. Archery. Gray wins it, too. Five more points. Darts. Gray wins it. Two more points. Tennis. Blue wins that, but it's only worth one point. Softball. That final half of an inning, now played in the daylight. Gray wins it. That's ten points. It looks like it's over. Everybody goes down. The whole camp goes down to staff volleyball. And the staff starts playing volleyball. Blue smokes Gray in the first game. Decisive victory. And then Gray battles back and wins the second game. And then jumps ahead in the 15-point tiebreaker. And it looks a little bleak. And I remember turning to a Blue team member, a really great coach named Jeremiah, and I was like, I don't know, Jeremiah. He just says, I'm not saying nothing yet. And then point by point by point by point by point by point, Blue takes it all back and wins staff volleyball, extra 15 points. We go up to a packed field at the upper fields for team handball for group eight. And that game had been played literally to overtime, and we ran out of time there also. So it starts in overtime, and it's sudden death overtime. You basically just score and you win. It goes back and forth and back and forth. I think the overtime period lasted about 20 minutes. And out of nowhere, a very good bounce pass that turns into a, a whipping bounce shot that sails home. And Blue wins it. 10 more points for Blue. Then Group 10 goes down to Bluey Field for Round the Bases, but just the group version of Round the Bases. And... They decisively win that as well. Ten more points. Well, now it's starting to look very interesting. Blue's sitting there with 1,121 points. And Gray, top teetering a little bit at 1186. Here's why those victories were so vital. The next thing that happens is this massive sequence of tugs of war. Best two out of three, every single age group. Each of them worth five points. But here's the deal. As soon as one team amass, in color war in general, as soon as one team amasses enough points that there's no more points left on the board that could equal the, the, the distance they've already opened up on their competitor, color war's over. There's no reason to play those games. This thing's already decided. So by going on that run, tennis, and then round the bases, and then handball, blue gives itself a buffer. And walking into the contest at tugs of war, here's the math. Blue needs to win of the 12 tugs of war. That would be staff and then groups 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, all the way down to 1. Needs to win 6 of those to advance us to giant around the bases relay. They don't do that. They don't advance. It's over at tugs, which is where most color wars end. However, gray because they have the advantage in points. If they win seven tugs of the 12, they win color war outright. And they don't have to go to the danger, the anything can happenness of giant around the bases. So we start off with the staff. Decisive victory for 
blue. Blue starts chanting. Gray is sort of just chanting all the time, like cheering and chanting. But blue starts like, whoa, whoa. like, like Spartans. And they start chanting. And here's what that sounds like. Now the difference is 60 points. And they go up against their group 11s get in there. Oh, who wins? Oh, it's gray this time. Oh man, then it's, then it's group 10. Who wins again? Gray. Then we get to group nine. Blue, decisive victory. I mean, people are going absolutely bananas. Screaming, this, each one of these things takes 10 minutes, takes seven minutes if it's a fast one. And the boys, and in the case of the staff, the men are just reefing on this huge two inch rope and they're skidding in the gravelly road and they got cleats on and they're putting chalk from the weight room on their hands and they are banging on their chests and it just is intense and it's, it's cloudy but you can feel the heat of the moment and it gets going and, and then we have group eight and it goes gray and then group seven Oh man, it goes gray. What will happen next? Gray has at this point got four of their seven. If they win three more, they win color war outright. And if blue doesn't put a couple more wins in the bucket, they've won two at this point, two to gray's four. Well, then it's over. And we can all go take a long shower because color war is over. So group six gets up there. Huge fight. We're talking about smaller bodies now. So there, you know, somebody makes a surge and the bodies sort of get tossed around. But blue hangs on. Well, now they've got three of their six. And then, and then group five gets up there. And it's a huge fight again. Except this time, no wait, it's blue again. And then four gets up there. And it's blue again. And then all at once, everyone realizes that if blue wins again, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to giant around the bases. Blue wins the first one of the best two out of three. Gray wins the second one, best two out of three. And then you can hear it. Then this happens. That's right. Group three. So we're talking fourth graders wins again for blue. And we are headed after five days after a comfortable lead after on by, by gray, after an insane series of battle backs by blue, after a series of lucky breaks and redos and just huge amounts of heart, the blue Spartans through force of will teamwork guts have forced the issue and now it's all at stake now we are going to the giant around the bases relay the way this works regular around the bases relay we already talked a lot about i really like the event 
and it's the kids from the same age group. There's 10 of them. There's 11 of them. There's nine of them. They just race, and the total number of time, the amount of time is just recorded. And whoever gets the less time, whoever runs around the bases 10 times as a team, the fastest, well, they win. Full stop. That's not how the giant around the bases really works. There is much more pomp and circumstance about that. If you are a Rovers member of the Giant Around the Bases Relay, then you have two teammates with you. There are two Rovers per team. If you're in the Warriors age groups, well, then there's three Warriors that get selected for each team. The blue and the gray get to advance three Warriors for their relay team. If you're in council, it's four of you. Four council boys get to be on that team. And if you are group 11, if you are the Mighty Sachem, well, then there's six of you. And so there are 36, 36 members of this team. Everybody is on Bluey Field. To my right, as you look out from home plate, you've got the blue Spartans sitting silently in the grass. To the left, the gray Tigers silently in the grass. And to the far right and far left, you have the teams. And they're arranged by height. You've got the little ones first, and then you've got the Warriors, and then you've got Council, and you've got the Mighty Sachem. And they are jumping up and down, and they are getting their legs ready, and they're high-kneeing, and some of them are star-jumping. And this is serious business. This is serious business. At, at one point, a council staff member looks to his friend and says, I feel like we're about to play the state championship. That, was, that is the sense in the room. This is a thing with high stakes. And if you are the kind of person who sometimes is in a moment and then can zoom out and look down on the moment, like I am sometimes able to do, you realize that all this is happening in some corner of Maine next to Lake Cabasicante, and if you were just flying over in a plane, you'd be like, oh, I wonder what it is they're doing down there. And then if you went down there, what you see is that this is the most important thing. No one's looking anywhere else. No one's doing anything else. They're all focused on these 36 runners. Here's the rest of the tradition. Nobody talks. Nobody says anything. Everyone is dead silent for runners 1 through 35. And then the last runner, both of them the captains of their teams, Braden Rosencrantz and Ian Hoffman, well then it erupts into cheers. Here's what both of those moments sounded like. And an attack! Follow my voice, follow my voice! Boom! Take it home! Watch it, watch it, watch it! footfalls before the before the cheering just then that's one of my favorite parts about this is you're watching a kid sprint around the inside the outside of those of those bases and there are 400 people watching them and no one is talking and it is absolutely mesmerizing you've got the kids who run really fast because their feet move really fast and you got the kids who run really fast because they have these long antelope like strides I started counting footfalls today. The average was something like 70. 70 footfalls to get around around the bases. 
But there are some kids who took 58 and some kids who took 85. Looked like Mario out there with his little legs spinning. And then another one, like I said, gazelle-like, antelope-like, super long loping strides. Some of them were just natural sprinters. You could just see. There's a boy who was on the blue team, Aiden Coyne. That kid is fast. He just seems fast. He's like, it's like, feels dangerous fast, like just a lightning bolt. And then, you know, there's other boys who maybe aren't even great sprinters, but man, they're the, they're the fastest kid in their age group, and they're going to go as hard as they can to see who's going to win. It's been five days, Coffee families. Five and a half days. And it's all going to come down to which team can go the aggregate fastest. This is what it sounded like at the end. We're trying to run the bases relay. Kim Coffee, color war number 35. By 24 seconds. Right. <laughs> After five days, it's the Great Tigers. The Great Tigers have won color war. Blue heads bow, tears everywhere. Huge eruption of joy on the Great Tiger side of things. It's mayhem. And then the blue Spartans approach their brothers. The gray scrum of joy breaks apart. And the hugging begins. You'll see these photos also. There's a bunch of flashes I have from this. But here's one that I really, I really think is amazing. You've got huge Milo Rodriguez. He's probably 6'2", maybe, these days. He's probably going to get taller. He's literally bent half, in half. He's got his, one hand on his knee, and his other super long, lanky arm on the shoulder of Ben Shribman, who's from the other team. Milo and Gray, Shribman in blue. Shribman is maybe, maybe, four foot, four foot two? I don't know. He's a little guy. He's a, I can't tell the height of small people, but... Um, he is standing straight up and he's weeping and Milo's bent in half so that he can get his head level with Ben and he's comforting and talking to him about how great he was and here's this giant giant you know boy man comforting the other team's smallest one of the smallest boys on the whole team and eventually his hand on the shoulder turns into a hug and Ben is crying into Milo's dirty gray jersey and there you have it we're talking about sachem and a rover from opposite teams it's not even clear that they actually crossed paths that many times during the actual cont contest and then here you have it i'm not even sure it's going to make it into the pictures but there you go versions of that everywhere obviously families and then dinner it was fajitas, one of the best dinners. And then the Nakonga line in the middle of dinner, both teams, all the way down to the blue field where everything just went down, where everyone was just screaming, just, just uphill of where the ropes were being tugged, where there was just raw competitive force. Now there's a conga line. And then they try to set a record for how many cups they can stack in a giant, giant tower. And 
And then it works. 150 cups, turns out, is the new Kabasi record. So much joy, so much relaxation, exhalation. And tonight, as I'm finishing this recording, casino night. Bumping next door. Everybody's in their Hawaiian shirts. People have their their pants on their torso and their shirts on the bottom half of their bodies. There's a lot of really funny outfits out there. And they are learning how to play blackjack to get Kaba dollars to buy candy. Tomorrow is the day that dreams come true. And after that, it's packing day. And after that, 160 of you come in cars to say hello and to have the very last of Lewis's fried chicken brunches. This feels like the ending of endings for this summer season. And what, what an ending to Color War. And so that is our little informal podcast for yet another glorious day at Camp Cobbacy for boys. Your boys go to sleep tonight totally exhausted. Steady counselors watching over them, nodding off, surrounded by their friends, loons sounding on the lake. All is well in this place set apart.